hey, welcome to Maison Mission. I'm Kevin, and I am so glad that you're here tuning in today. If you don't know, Maison is a Greek word, and it means greater. The Maison Mission is about creating greater spaces for people to hear and experience the good news of Jesus. Okay, so just a few announcements before we dive in. Next weekend is Memorial Day weekend, so there will be no Maison online program next Sunday. Enjoy the weekend, and please remember those who have given their lives in military service. Our next Maison Live in-person gathering is on Sunday, June 5th at First Christian Church here in Gainesville. Service begins at 5 p.m. Maison Kids program and full nursery will be available. Can't wait to see you there. All right. So we're concluding our series, To Be Continued, and we've been looking at resurrection, and not just the resurrection of Christ, but also the things that are continued to be resurrected through Him and through us and in us. We've also talked about resurrecting the past and how our stories matter. Well, today I want to share a bit of my story with you, as this past week marked a pretty significant anniversary of probably the worst thing that I've ever had to go through. <laughs> um, exactly 20 years ago this week, um, I was living in a small city in upstate New York between Rochester and Buffalo. Um, at the time, I was working as a youth minister for the Salvation Army. Um, it was a cold, rainy day. I remember sitting at a red light and I was about to turn on to the main street in the middle of our city. The light turned green and I was struck full force on the driver's side by an 18-wheeler tractor trailer. I don't really remember much after that. It's a little foggy. I was told later that my car was so damaged that it took the EMS and first responders over 30 minutes to actually extract me from my car. Um, they said that I was awake and conscious and I was able to give important information to the medics about my family, my phone numbers, my address, and more. Um, but I don't remember any of that. Um, trauma is wild. You know, they say that sometimes when your body is going through traumatic experiences, the mind will actually block out memories to protect itself. It's amazing. And so I was rushed to the local hospital and they realized pretty quickly that I was gonna need surgeries and other treatments that they couldn't perform there. So I was put on a helicopter and I was sent to Strong Memorial Hospital in Rochester, New York. Um, I had surgery on my hip and on my knee. Um, I've got metal pins and plates in both. I was in the hospital for three weeks. I was in a wheelchair after that for six months. And uh, I was in physical therapy and rehab for 18 months. And so looking back, I can very certainly say that this was the hardest thing I've ever had to endure. Now, I will say that it's kind of funny when people say things like, oh, I feel like I got hit by a truck. Because now I can usually step in and be like, no, you really don't. <laughs> um, but yeah, like 20 years ago, I should be dead. Or there could have been a dozen other outcomes that would have been way worse. But today I can walk and I can work and, and 
other than a little bit of pain and discomfort when the weather changes, I feel like I've done pretty well. And I'm very, very thankful for that. You know, when people go through uh, near-death experiences, it's really common to hear them talk about how they got a new lease on life or a second chance. And for a while, I thought that God had saved me from death, that, that he had some kind of new purpose for my life and that I was here for a reason. Well, it definitely makes one feel significant and more important when we look at life through a lens like that. The only problem was that it placed me at the center of God's story instead of God. You know, the responsibility of God's will suddenly rested on my shoulders. And, and more than ever, it was up to me to do all the right things and make all the right choices in order to fulfill God's plans for my life. <laughs> no pressure, right? <laughs> I mean, it was impossible to live in these expectations, even with the second chance life that I was given because I was so afraid. And on top of all of this, my wife Erin and I got married and, and we were definitely products of this thing in evangelicalism called purity culture. You know, I kiss dating goodbye. Um, you wanna talk about pressure and always making sure you did the right things. God's will hangs in the balance. All of it placed such unrealistic and unhealthy expectations on us and on our new marriage. Honestly, these were some of the hardest years of our lives. The accident had really messed up a lot of things for me. I used to love running and I couldn't run anymore. High impact activity even to this day is hard to do without a lot of pain and discomfort. My life path had been interrupted. I was out of full-time work for a few years while my body was healing. I was angry, bitter, cynical. Under the surface, I was quick to lash out on others' judgments, and I always expected the worst from others. But honestly, I expected the worst even from myself. You know, it, it wasn't until almost a decade later that I started my own journey of questions in, in what people now call deconstruction. And I started to realize that I was in, indeed not the center of my own story and that God was much more gracious and definitely kinder than I was at the time. You know, discovering who God truly was made me start to look differently at myself and others. I started to read the Bible differently. I started to experience worship differently. Everything, everything had changed. You know, I love what Drake shared last week in his story about how his mentor told him that the Bible wasn't about him, but instead the Bible was about Jesus. It's so, so true. You know, those of you who know me have probably heard me say this during worship, but, but so many times when we gather together to sing songs and, and, and to worship together, we, we say these things like, oh God, we, we invite you here, or God, we ask for your presence to be here. But when I came to this realization about not being at the center of the story, I started changing the way I prayed and talked about these times together in worship. God's already here. And in fact, 
He's already been doing something for thousands of years, and, and he actually invites us into that story with him. We're not inviting him. He's inviting us. <laughs> we come into these times of worship, and, and we're stepping into that new reality that he's already made possible through Jesus. Being in God's presence is like waking up. I, I talked about that at the beginning of this series, like, like zombies waking up to the new reality that they're free. We walk into those sacred spaces with God and, and we dial our hearts and our minds into what he's already doing. We, 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 turn our, we tune our hearts into the right fre frequencies and we can hear the program clearly again. You know, this retuning of my frequency is what I needed to do. My story of going back to the temple and reclaiming and resurrecting those things in my past really started when I was living in Nashville, attending this small charismatic church of misfits and rejects called The Anchor. I hit the wall hard there, and, and after all the wrestling and the anger and the doubts and the disappointments, I was left with only one pointed question between me and God. Do I believe that Jesus is really who he says he is? That's it. It wasn't a question about theology or the culture or the way we sing songs or if we have hymns or what translation of the Bible we read. It's not even, it wasn't even about if you go, if I went to church or not. Um, it was this one question. Do I believe that Jesus is really who he says he is? That he's good, that he's faithful, that he's never left me or forsaken me, that he's the good shepherd that leaves the 99 for the one every time, that he's the good king and that his kingdom is benevolent and loving and kind and peaceable and just. Do I believe that Jesus is who he says he is? That he's the way and the truth and the life. The one who makes a way where there is no other way. You know, my wife loves the story of Gideon. And, and she shared it here at Maison before. But, but in the story of Gideon, God proves to Gideon over and over and over again who he is. Now, if you don't know the Gideon story... I'm going to give you the really quick rundown. Um, you know, Gideon was called by God to be a mighty warrior. Gideon did not believe God. <laughs> and God said to him that he is going to be victorious over the enemies that they faced at the time. Well, 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 Gideon, he he was a hard, he was a hard sell. <laughs> um, he didn't even know if he believed that God was actually talking to him and that God was even to be trusted. So, so Gideon asks God to do all these different things to prove that he's God, putting fleeces on the ground to see if they're wet with dew the next day and so forth. Throughout the story, despite Gideon's mistrust and doubt, God delivered the enemy into Gideon's hands and they were victorious. God didn't give up on Gideon. God didn't give up on me. God isn't going to give up on you. 
Some of us believe lies about ourselves, lies that others have told us or, or lies that we tell ourselves. I'm a failure. I'm not enough. I'm broken. Or worse yet, maybe, maybe you're living in the consequences of others' bad choices, broken families, lost jobs, rejection, discrimination. God doesn't give up on you. Maybe even the thought of coming to church gives you anxiety, or, or you don't like to come to Maison Live because it feels weird to be in a church space again after so many bad experiences in the past. Well, God makes a space for you to see and to know Him. Maybe you've been rejected and hurt and discarded so many times in the past in different groups or churches, and, and you just can't bring yourself to try again. God isn't going anywhere. He's right here and he's waiting. You know, if this message resonates with you, let me encourage you. Maison is a community of open hands. We're not trying to hold on to things just because they've always been. We're trying to let go so that we can be better, so that we can better love others and love God. Will you be willing to let go of the things that you're holding on to so tightly, the, the hurts, the pain, the relationships that bring hardship and weigh on our hearts so heavily. God wants to take those things. You know, in, in, in the book of Matthew, in chapter 11, it, Jesus invites all who are weary and heavy burdened to let go of those things. It says that his yoke is easy and that his burden is light. You know, if you go to church and you feel more heavily burdened when you leave than when you got there, I would argue that that church isn't really about Jesus. Because Jesus is about lightening burdens, not, not piling them on. God wants to ease burdens. Our call is to be like Jesus, to be a church where people leave with less burden, feel less weary. Let's encourage each other. Let's move towards being a community where burdens are lifted, hands are open, and the stories of our past and all that we've been through can be redeemed and resurrected with Christ. Would you pray with me? Oh God, we, we pray. We pray for so many people in this city that are, that are hurting, that, that are longing for community and connection. God, we pray for those in this city that need Maison. They need a greater space. God, I pray that, that they would find their way here. Um, and I pray that, that you would open our hands to let go of, of burdens. Um, and I pray that we would be more like you, that we would be a people that doesn't give up on each other, but instead, we, we, we lift burdens and we heal hurts and pain. God, I pray that you would make Maison a hospital for the broken. A place of healing. A place where, where we can be fully awake and aware of your goodness, your faithfulness. God, for the ways that you take care of us and that you've already done so much. Lord, you're not looking for us to make our own way or do something here to make it happen. 
God, you ask us to open our hands and to wait on you. God, I know that you're going to wow our socks off. Lord, I know that you're going to bring people into Maison. Lord, people who whose stories are going to be incredibly impacted by being in a, a greater space where, where your good news is being proclaimed. God, we are so thankful. I pray that you would help us to continue to be open-handed, to be humble, to be before you and, and ready and waiting on you, Lord, not because we're trying to make something happen, but because you are good and your goodness goes before us. God, we thank you for, for all that you're doing. We just pray all of this in your name. Amen. Go in peace.